Welcome to a special episode of Conduct Detrimental. It is the Michigan sign stealing recap episode, or are we still in the middle of it? Uh, Dan Lust joined by my guy, Mike Kripchenko. Uh Mike, we, we were holding this episode. We said maybe they'll announce the suspensions on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday. And then I'm like, it's showtime, Mike. We got to record each and every week. It's Friday. We have to record. Let's hope they come out with the punishment today. And what do we know? There's a report at 1 p.m. that there's going to be the punishment, right? Uh, they said, I think they said early afternoon. And then by like 3, we still didn't have it. But you know what, Mike? A punishment. I don't know if it's the punishment. But a punishment has come down for the Big Ten Conference. And here you and I are at 6.37 on a Friday night recording, I think, one of the latest podcasts on a Friday night in Conduct Detrimental History. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, like you said, we kind of have to. We've been covering it throughout uh, its life. So now that we finally kind of have somewhat of a punishment, I think it's important that we keep it rolling and hop on. So I'm glad we could talk about it, and I'm excited to kind of hear your thoughts. Okay, so just some broad broad highlights. If you want to go back in the archives, uh, I think we've, we've covered this at least twice. Um, I've covered it. Uh, I covered in a couple outlets. I did the Big Ten Network today. I did uh, Orlando. I did uh, Fox Business. So a lot of a lot of hits. People want to talk about Michigan. Uh, you know, it's a big story. So I, I want to give people the highlights. This is not a story that's been bubbling for weeks and months and years. This story came to light three weeks ago, and the Big Ten Conference proceeded with lightning speed to issue some type of punishment. So. Uh, unless you're living under a rock, uh, and, and Mike, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll let you explain this. Can, in, in your perception, can you give like a brief recap of what is at least been alleged uh, on the Michigan sign stealing stuff, and then we'll we'll kind of tie it together with the punishment. Yeah. So uh, obviously, with Michigan, uh, like you said, if you've been under a rock, I mean, Michigan is it's being alleged that they are stealing signs from their opponents, um, having allegedly some of their um, employees. Uh, that will go unnamed for now. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe, but uh, maybe we'll get more into that. But um, basically, they would go travel, um, allegedly dress in even uh, the team's um, uniform and looking very much on the sideline, taking down notes, uh, cameras. I mean, it was kind of like a whole, almost like a Spygate situation. Um, but in college sports and in, you know, in Michigan's situation, um, you know, one of the most dominant programs in history, really. Uh, so this is a huge deal. Um, you know, they obviously are acting very swift with this, like you said, which is uncommon for them. Um, you know, obviously the, uh, man that Connor Stallions, I'll use his name now. Um, I guess that, um, you know, he's a former staffer now. They investigated that CMU, uh, central Michigan investigated the whole situation. So, um, now we're kind of at a road where Jim Harbaugh is getting involved because um, that was obviously the head coach. So, um, you know, now they're kind of going into that now. Um, yeah. So let's let's I think this is a good spot. So essentially, and I think, Mike, you hit it well. There is a staffer associated with Michigan. And while this investigation was going on, all of a sudden, Connor Stallions was being taken was was away from the team on pace. And all of a sudden, this guy, Connor Stallions, became to be at the middle of this controversy. Um there's another part of this, too, which, uh, you know, we've learned a lot about this mysterious character that is Connor Stallions. You know, uh, I'll, I'll let, you know, you, you talked about that he was, um, you know, uh, kind of a, a staffer, gets brought on. He's a Michigan lifer. He writes an alleged 
<laughs> we keep saying alleged because we don't want to get sued for, for malpractice or not malpractice, defamation. But, uh, you know, he writes allegedly a 600 page manifesto and uh, he's like a Michigan super fan. And then there's reports this week that he gets sued by his homeowners association for running like a, a secondhand vacuum cleaning service out of his house. So like a commercial business, which sounds insane. But this guy, is, he's like the Dosecki's guy. He's a very interesting character. And then. You know, there's a story that comes out this week. Blake Corum, the Michigan Wolverines running back, who's probably going to go on to have a successful NFL career. Um, you know, a- allegedly, Connor Stallions, another Michigan employee, and Blake Corum have a, uh, a Wyoming business registered to them. Um, BC2, I think it's BC2 LLC. And Blake Corum's name is on that uh, LLC as like a, a founding member, along with Connor Stallions and another individual. So... You know, Blake Corum goes, I, I have no idea how this happened. And my lawyers are on it. We're going to do something about it. So, you know, just goes to show, like, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Blake Corum. He's going to sue. Uh, in theory, what he's alleging is that uh, Connor Stallions forged his name on these incorporation papers. And that's how he ended up. But, uh, you know, this, the Internet sleuths went on Blake Corum's Instagram page and found him posting a, a picture of a car. Do you know the picture I'm talking about oh, before yeah. I say it? Yep. <laughs> what is the, what's the caption? Do you have it? Uh, yeah, caption? I have it pulled up right it's a good here. Caption. Uh, I'm a walking business. I should be an LLC. Hashtag BC2 LLC. So that's the <laughs> that's the company name, BC2 LLC. So it's like, so you just said that in the hashtag, and like, you, but you don't know about the company that's registered in your name. So, you know, that's what Blake Corum's alleging. I, you know, I, realistically, I, I'm sure this guy Connor Stallions was was a big man in this program, right? He. I, you know, we, we can make all the uh, the claims that we want, but Michigan's beat Ohio State for the last two years. Michigan's really turned around a program that Jim Harbaugh is about to be fired. We're going to talk a lot about Jim Harbaugh in a minute, but um, I don't. I, I think it's very possible this guy Connor Stallions was at the very heart of this program. Now, here's where we'll take it back to Michigan. That's really where these you know this discipline that's been handed out to to Harbaugh. If we haven't said it yet, unless you're living under a rock, Harbaugh has been quote unquote suspended as head coach for the season. It's not really that. Harbaugh, it's a, it's a very weird carve-out. I've never really heard this. Harbaugh is basically, for lack of a better term, he's allowed to be the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines like six out of seven days a week. He just can't be there on game day. Um, that's an odd punishment. So he can, be, you know, and as they know, like games are won and lost during the week in the preparation. I mean, obviously being the coach on the sideline helps, but like screaming out plays like, I don't know. Anybody, anybody can do that. Um, you know, it, it, it is a punishment, and it sounds like the headlines is Harbaugh suspended for the rest of the year, but there's only three games left, and he's allowed to coach the team during the week, and he's allowed to be affiliated with the program. It's not a full stay away. And Harbaugh is getting this punishment because of what the Big Ten allegedly found, seemingly some indication that the Michigan, and specifically Harbaugh, was aware or otherwise directed this type of conduct. Um, we've talked about this, Mike, on a previous podcast. Um I, I guess I'll ask you this. Um, the timing of this punishment, and I alluded to it at the top of this, it comes out at 4 p.m. on a Friday, on Veterans Day, when the courthouse is closed. Um, and it prevents Michigan from running to the courthouse to try to get a temporary restraining order. We'll talk about that in a minute, a preliminary injunction. Um, it, it prevents that type of kind of legal maneuver that would otherwise be available if this was filed at a normal time during the week. What do you think about that from, from a strategic perspective? If you're the Big Ten, like, I mean, do you think that's an accident that that's when they file it? No, I definitely don't think so. Um, like you said, 
things are closed today, um, especially the courthouse. So, uh, I mean, obviously Michigan, I'm sure, feels that way, uh, that basically it's almost violating due process um, there in a way um, to kind of do that. So I'm interested uh, to kind of see what they go at the conference, NCAA. Um, I assume over the weekend that's pretty much going to be they're going to be hammering the books and discussing that. Well, here's my question to you. And I just did a hit with the show that asked me this question. I didn't really have a good answer for it. So, okay. Um, and Mike, I, I hope you know the answer to this. This is going to be a, a question. Um, I got a two part question for you because I'm, I'm in the middle of writing my, my law school exam. And by the way, if we didn't mention it, podcast sponsored by Themis Bar Review, top bar prep company in the galaxy. If you need Themis promo code, you just DM the uh, the main podcast con detrimental, and we will give you that promo code. Okay, um, Mike, you ready? Okay, what famous college quarterback was suspended for stealing crab legs from a convenience store? <laughs> Throw up the W's, Jameis Winston. Did you Google that? You sneak. You sneak? No, no of course not. not. Okay, okay. I'm of course just, not. Just, just it's one of my guys, Jameis. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, I just want to question, quiz you on, but there's a, there's a famous story. Jameis Winston was suspended from, I think it was like the first half of the game, or maybe it was the full game, and he shows up. Who's the coach of Florida State back then? Was it Bowden? That I couldn't tell you. Uh, it doesn't matter. But the coach of the team, Jameis is not supposed to play. He's suspended. He's not supposed to play at this point in the game. And he's basically just on the field, throwing the ball around, ready to go. He's got his full pads on. He's got his helmets on. And he's like, he's basically waiting for someone to tell him he's not allowed to play or else he's going to do it. So we never had this scenario where someone plays in a game that they weren't supposed to be, they weren't allowed to do. I, I think there's a world, and we're recording this on Friday. So, you know, I'm, I probably, I, I, I would, if I'm his lawyer, I'm not suggesting this. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's Bush League move. Truthfully, a, a real Bush League move that the Big Ten filed this on Friday at 4 p.m. Had this been filed that, let's make up a, and, and I feel strongly about what I'm about to tell you, a three-game suspension for the end of the year, a three of those games being Penn State and Ohio State, two of those three games, I think it's a Bush League move to file this on Friday at 4 p.m. You didn't learn anything new between Thursday and Friday. You could have filed this on Wednesday and let a judge file, and, and you know, let a judge hear a temporary restraining order application. And, you know, for our purposes, Mike, like temporary restraining order is basically uh, a court saying what the rule, what a private association is doing is against the law and it's going to restrain the enforcement of that suspension or whatever that action is until the court hears this out. So if you remember uh, a couple of months ago when the live golfers were trying to play in the PGA tour event, I think they were trying to play in like the FedEx cup playoffs. They filed a TRO and the judge said they looked at the likelihood of success on the merits on the underlying case and the judge said, yeah, no, you're going to lose this case. I'm denying the TRO. Live golfers cannot play in the FedEx Cup playoffs, whatever it was. It's pretty recent. Um, Michigan didn't get that opportunity. And I, I think it was a Bush League move. We'll see what Harbaugh does. But I do think there's a world where there are people in Harbaugh's ear right now that are saying, you know what? Show up on Saturday. What are they going to do about it? They're going to arrest you for sitting on the sidelines of a game? Like, what are they going to do? Is, is Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, going to come down with the sheriff and arrest you? Like, Mike, what do you think happens if, if Harbaugh shows up on Saturday? Like, what are they, what are they going to do? Can, you can't just sit it, have a ticket and sit in the sands? Like, I, I think that's a scenario. I mean, at least an interesting hypothetical. But I, I, I'm certain that at least that's being considered because Michigan didn't have the opportunity to file that TRL, which otherwise... Harbaugh might lawfully be able to coach tomorrow. 
Well, exactly. That's I mean. It, I mean, not even twenty four hours before the game is ridiculous. I mean, it, yeah, you can't even process. You can't even mentally process it. Never mind process the TRL. <laughs> like, I mean, that's uh, that's a little ridiculous. So, I, I mean, like you said, almost wouldn't blame Harbaugh for doing it. Uh, and I'm because it's so dr- like there's so much drama surrounding this. There's new th- crazy things that come out. This wouldn't even that wouldn't even be the craziest part of this entire story. So. Maybe I could see it. I I don't listen. If I'm if I'm his lawyer and uh, his lawyer is actually Tom Mars, a very good friend of the podcast. I I don't know what Tom is saying. I I don't. I have no concept of what, of what Tom wants to do with this case. I think he's probably if I'm if I'm Tom, I'm probably telling Jim, play it cool on Saturday. Let the courts duke this out Monday and Tuesday. And we'll get you back on the field for the Ohio State game. Um, and I, and I think that's what's really being considered. We I guess there's two other elements that that we should talk about. I think number one is the other schools that are involved here. And number two, um, you know, really the legacy that's going to come of Michigan as a result of this. So we, we talked about this a little bit in the past couple of weeks, Michigan's defense on its merits. If they do file this in a court of law and they want to say, you know, we were unjustly punished and they didn't file this investigation. It's this fancy concept that we brought up a couple of times in the show is a failure to follow due process. Um, the, in, in between our last concept of recording on Michigan, there was a letter writing campaign, right? A 10 page letter by Tom Mars, 10 page letter by Michigan, uh, Tom Mars representing, uh, you know, on behalf of Harbaugh, our guy, Tom, uh, I think Michigan lawmakers and the attorney general put a letter out. It's like letter writing campaign, billable hours for everybody. It's just ton, ton of hours coming out. Um, those letters threatened two things It threatened the lawsuit based on due process that, Hey, how on earth are you coming to render a decision here after looking at this for three weeks, three weeks, how on earth do you have enough information here? Um, and the other part of those letters was the precedent that would be created by the big 10 by punishing one of their own, because Michigan is claiming to have the receipts on, you know, other schools. And, you know, there's reports out there and, you know, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm hearing, hearing things from, from well-sourced individuals about Rutgers, about Ohio State, about Purdue. So, you know, I, I think um, Michigan has not put out those receipts. I think they're entitled to. I think they are right that the Big Ten has now created a precedent for what is otherwise sign-stealing that has gone unpunished for years in the NCAA level since this kind of weird rule was put on the books in 94 about going to other teams' games in person to scout them. Um but I, I do think that there are a couple other shoes to drop. It's the punishment potentially from the NCAA. The receipts that Michigan, if they're true to their word, will follow through and make those other schools look bad. And then rinse, lather, repeat potential Big Ten investigations into those other schools and then potential NCAA punishments of those schools. So I think there's a world, Mike, where we look back on this and the Big Ten says, man, like, what did we do here? It's now just a civil war. These are self-inflicted wounds. The SEC is not punishing their schools. You know, the ACC is not doing it. And that we're the only ones with the side stealing blood in our hands. Um, and I think one of the reporting is that uh, I think this Purdue, Ohio State, Rutgers story was basically told by someone that worked in the Big Ten last year but went to another conference. So certainly that individual who, who allegedly advised the, uh, Michigan of, of the outside side stealing of course, they want to see the Big Ten go up in flames. They don't work there anymore. So uh, we haven't seen the shoe drop on that front. Uh, do you think we see other heads roll here, Mike? Or do you think it's just going to be Michigan? Do you think all these threats are just nonsense? Yeah, I feel like it's just going to be Michigan here because similar to the NFL, a lot of these large you know, athletic entities just 
don't want things to get out of hand. We saw it with the NFL when kind of Gruden went under the bus for that situation. Um, I mean, you know, they I feel like they're just kind of usually use a scapegoat and maybe Michigan will be that scapegoat this time and they'll just move on uh, because a lot of coaches are not coming out in support of Michigan, but almost, I mean, the way that they're talking like, Hey, this is happening a lot. Let's just move on. Um, you know, in a lot of these conferences. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that this is going to open up a can of worms beyond Michigan. Um, in, in my opinion. We'll see. I mean, if I'm Michigan, I'm feeling really, you know, aggrieved. And, and I also don't think this investigation would have been three weeks, but for Michigan being the number one team in the country, but for another influential big 10 school pushing this. And, and Mike, you know, I'm a big Nebraska guy. I, I love Nebraska to death. And I think any Nebraska Cornhusker fan listening to this would agree with what I'm about to say. Nebraska doesn't have that type of pull in the big 10. Nebraska was basically told to kick rocks by the big 10 during the COVID cycle so I, 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 I would I gather to say that it was a Ohio State level of a school. Right? There's only a handful of Ohio State level schools, Ohio State being one of them, um, you know, but I, I or all of the schools collectively going after Michigan. But, you know, I, I think if Michigan, if this happened to a school, you know, I'm not going to name one that was at the bottom of the Big Ten. I don't think they would have had this veracity for, for, for punishing them. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that Michigan might might feel inclined to pull out the receipts on other schools here. I don't think they're done with this. And I certainly think those other schools, if there is litigation here, which I do expect from Michigan, I do expect that those other schools are going to come out about selective enforcement uh, with respect to this due process analysis. So I, I hope Tony Petiti knows what he's doing. And I think that's why we got this weird six out of seven. No, basically you're only punished every seven days. That's your punishment. And it's only every seven days for the next three weeks. Don't worry about it after that, Jim. Don't sue us. Please don't sue us. Like, that's that's where, uh, you know, that's that's how I think, I, at least I read it personally. Yeah, I mean, I could see that for sure. It's just, I, I just feel like Harbaugh in the NCAA has taken the fall for multiple things now. He's almost kind of been the fall guy for a lot of um, kind of recruiting issues, sign stealing, things that are going on across NCAA sports in general. And he's kind of been the fall guy a few times now, so I'll be interested, you know, to kind of see. I'm maybe on the other side of that uh, compared to you. you. You're gonna like this, okay? So let's. We we, we promised you a short episode. We're recording this late, and I have a. We do have a life on Friday nights. We have dinner plans, and we have a babysitter coming. All the good stuff. So, got to be a little bit quick here. Um, the last point I wanted to hit on, which I think is an important one, and I and I said this and. You know, uh, I did the podcast with uh, Zach Bryson and, and Taryn, and everybody yelled at me and they said I was wrong. I still, I've thought about it. I've marinated on it for three weeks, and I still feel very strongly about this. Sign stealing is not exactly what this is. Sign stealing basically puts it, I mean, it is sign stealing in theory, but it's not to the same level of the Patriots filming a private practice when they had a full expectation of privacy. And the Houston Astros in live time, stealing baseball signs, which I'll explain in a minute. Very different things. I think much worse, truthfully. Um, so they asked Deion Sanders uh, at a press conference, sweet coach of the, uh, the Colorado uh, Buffaloes, but also a two-sport athlete, played baseball, played football. He's, an, he's a perfect person to ask about this. And they asked him about sign stealing. And he said, 
it's very different to know what pitch is coming in baseball. If you know if an off-speed pitch is coming, a fastball is coming, like it gives you an incredible advantage. And there's only really one variable, where it's you. If the ball's coming, the ball's not going to change. You know what the pitch is going to be, and you just have to hit it, right? The Michigan signs dealing, if you know the football plays that are coming, right? First of all, it's not a jet situation where like you can't expect that another team is going to film your private practices. So you, maybe you don't have an expectation that they know what your plays are. But if you know what college football is, and Taryn did a good job explaining this, college football, the signs are on the sidelines. People are literally giving hand signals into what the plays are. And you are allowed during the course of the game to figure out what your teams, the other team's signs are. And, and you are allowed to do it because it's obvious. It's happening right in front of you. So this did not provide Michigan, knowing what the signs are in advance and Maybe you could have figured them out by the second quarter, right? That's if you're really good at stealing signs, right? As opposed to knowing them in the first quarter. It, it's not providing the level of benefit that I think the media is saying. Yeah, I, I do think, unfortunately, and I know a lot of Michigan fans, I didn't, I didn't go to Michigan and I don't have any dog in the race, but I do think for Michigan, if this is a team that now beats Penn State and beats Ohio State, which remains to be seen, I think, uh, you know, I have a good bet for you uh, when we do our better edge segment at the end of the week or at the episode, but... I think it will taint any accolades that this that this program has had for the last three years. And I think it's a shame. Um, and I don't think this level of sign stealing has had the advantage that previous quote-unquote sign stealers have had that have won World Series and national championships. And I think it's kind of, uh, it's going to be a footnote in history, but I, I think this level of sign stealing is, is pretty low in terms of the actual competitive advantage. Sure, a competitive advantage, but not anywhere near the same level that we saw with the Patriots and Astros. Yeah, no, I I, I would agree with that. I I, I kind of see where you're coming from uh, in that sense. I thought you were going to disagree. No, I mean, I thought that's... you I thought you disagreed. No, there. so I did. You kind of flipped me when you kind of compared it, especially to the Astros. Um, and I do kind of see it very similarly to the Patriots situation, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree kind of anymore. You kind of changed my mind on that. <laughs> uh, you can disagree with me, Mike. You can. It's fine. I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel, like I said, I mean, I do kind of feel, I guess, Michigan will be the one, but we'll see. I, I'm kind of just, it, it's not even, there's not even 24 hours until the next game. So it's, you know, I, I'm I'm interested just to see how Michigan plays it's going to be a little it's going to be a dramatic weekend so i i think that's it mike i wanted to keep this really tight i know uh we both have stuff to do on this lovely friday night um a couple things before we close this up and then we'll we'll go to our our better edge best bet of the week segment we're not on video but i have my uh my better edge uh pullover on very fancy uh so shout out to greg if anybody wants some better edge swag uh uh, they'll probably charge you. But if you say you're like friends and family, maybe we'll get you a, a better edge promo code. I'll talk to Greg uh, Kajewski about helping us out with that. Um, okay. So uh, I spoke at, uh, at Seton Hall this week. Um, uh, you know, and we had kind of a meeting of the sports law professors across New York, New Jersey. We've got some big, big plans on the horizon. I did mention last episode that I'm joining the Sports Lawyers Association New York chapter to kind of do some more stuff in the area. Mike, uh, I'm going to count on you for coming to some of those. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're in the New York, New Jersey area, just stay on the lookout. Nothing announced so far, but we're looking at December, January. We're going to try to do some uh, some events, maybe some Devils games, some Knicks games. Uh, just stay tuned. We're working on some cool stuff. Just relax. Sports are sports. Relax, relax. Okay. Um, the other part of this, today, uh, it is Friday, November 10th. 
we talked about on this podcast uh, for a month. I specifically did not do any type of reminders. I didn't do anything. The deadline for submission for the NIL writing competition was today. So I had that thought. I'm like, ah, should I send a reminder? I don't know. I didn't send any reminders. The, the You guys are the best. Today, the submissions were flying in at Friday. And I'm like, I guess everyone waited to the last minute. So I want to give a big congrats um, to Bryce uh, and Evan Latato for, for the idea of coming up with this. Mel Stack, my guy from Florida, uh, he was posting about it. So um, between the three of them, Bryce, Evan, uh, and Mel, um, you know, I, I was thrilled with this the, the turnout for this event. We'll announce the winners. Uh, we got to figure out, you know, how we're going to review these and blind grading and whatnot. But a thank you to uh, all of the listeners um, that signed up and all the law students uh, and, you know, young lawyers, old lawyers that I've been speaking to uh, in the last couple of uh, weeks and years that, you know, Shay gave us some props for the writing competition, uh, that it was a good idea for the space. And uh, we're getting excited to announce a winner. So I think we announced that we'd have three winners for second and third. We got a lot of submissions, though. So, uh, you know, we got to figure it out. But, um, it's all good. Mike, did you submit anything? Did you submit your writing sample? You going to win this? I'm not, unfortunately. Um, you know, uh, maybe the next one. Maybe the next one. Uh, I was going to say, if you submitted, you would not have been eligible because <laughs> I would have automatically given you the win because I love you, Mike. You're my, you're my, you're my number one guy. See everybody. By, by the way, do you watch a, do you, you're, you're, you're quickly risen in the ranks. Um, well, it's, it's all good, Mike. You're, you're the man. Um, Let's finish with this, and you can tell I'm a little under the weather, but we say each and every week means each and every week. It's not bullshit. It's not lip service. We, we do want to get something to you each and every week. Holly does it each and every week. She puts out our sports law newsletter. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, head to conductdetrimental.com and look for the newsletter subscription tab. We got about uh, – I have no problem saying the numbers. I think we, I think we just hit 2,000 subscribers to the newsletter, which is nice. uh, just fantastic. So um, – and the newsletter – if you're trying to keep tabs on all the random shit that we're doing over the course of the week, um, events coming up, uh, you know, sports law, career panels, Holly does a really good job. And I'm talking about um, Holly Summers, a.k.a. Holly Thomas, over at uh, New York Law School, uh, one of my star students from my class, and who will be taking my advanced sports law class in the spring. Okay, it is 7.05. I told my wife the podcast would be done at 7 o'clock, so I am now four minutes in trouble. I want to have a best bet of the week. Mike... Do you want to give yours first, or you want me to go first? Um, you know, I, I just I, I got it right last week, so I think I'm gonna uh, finally now that I've gotten one correct. Like I said, got the streak going. Mike, I think Mike, I gotta go first. Mike, take take the floor, do your little victory lap. That was the main reason that you had to have this moment. I said the Bills, you said the Bengals, and I'm like, you come out, you coming for the King, you know. And I said a lot of things that I are probably regrettable in hindsight, but. You win. You you have the floor. What do you what do you want? You you beat me at, at my Bengals Bills game. Uh, you can do a victory lap. You're you're free to do it. Thank you. And you know, like I told you though, I'm still behind, but I'll enjoy it on on the pod podcast right now. I think I think that's uh, I think that's only fair. Um, and then I'll start and give you guys the next one, um, if that's okay with you, Dan. I'll start out. Um, with the, f- it's, you're the king, you're in charge. <laughs> I forgot. You're in charge. It's all right. Maybe, you know, maybe the next episode after I get this next one, right. Also, I got the 49ers minus three against the Jaguars. <laughs> um, 49ers minus three against the Jaguars. I actually like that pick. A thank lot. you. I think it's the first pick of yours that I actually am independently on. Uh, I think you're, 
if you've done this the right way and you're following this, this is the lowest, I think, the 49ers odds will be. Debo's back. Uh, I think Purdy will rebound to form. Um, I like that pick, but I have a better one for you. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. First time we've done this all year. Uh, I'm doing it. Michigan, minus <laughs> four and a half against Penn State. Uh, I, those that have listened to the podcast long enough, you guys know I'm, I'm a, a closet wrestling fan, uh, slash, you know, big attitude error guy and whatnot. College football is, is better when there is a bad guy, when there is a villain in the room. And I respect the hell out of a Michigan team, those students that fight through adversity. If they beat Penn State and they beat Ohio State, listen, I'm not a Michigan fan, but I love a good storyline. And you know what the ratings would be if Michigan was in the national championship game with all this hanging over their head? And listen, even the most staunch, you know, uh, Michigan hater would to be turning into that game to see Michigan go up to the national championship with all the history on the line. Um, I'm rooting for Michigan. I'm betting on Michigan each and every week. Um, I want them to be in that national championship game. Not to say that I'm rooting for Michigan, but I'm rooting for the drama. And I think college football is great when there's a team like that, like a Michigan, like a Yankees, like a Lakers, when they're in the conversation. And uh, for the first time in a while, the number one team in the country has a lot of controversy about it. The lawyers are involved. So you know, fortunately, i got to be rooting for Michigan this weekend, minus four and a half. Sorry to John Nucci and his Penn State Nittany Lions. I'm going with the Wolverines. Okay, uh, Mike, anything to do, or are you ready to go out and, and, uh, and party on this Friday night? I'm ready to get some homework done, Dan, and uh, hop on FaceTime with my lovely girlfriend. That's what we got for the night. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that. You're going to the clubs. Okay, we got a babysitter. we got to go out with our, our, our friends. we got to have a busy night here. Okay, Mike, fantastic job. On short notice, I appreciate you carving out the time for this as always. Um, if anybody asks, you're my number one, my number one guy right now. So if anybody wants to uh, fight for it, you know, Bryce is in the conversation. But right, at, Mike, as of right now, 708 on this Friday night, you're number one. So um, I appreciate all that you do for the podcast. And uh, yeah, man, uh, this has been a, a blast doing it with you so far. And uh, I hope we both win. Let's do this. I'm not rooting against you. Let's go 49ers. Ooh, I hate to say it. Let's go Michigan as we head into the weekend. Um, that'll do it for us here. Mike, great job. For myself, Dan Wallach, all of us here at Conduct Detrimental, we will see you next time on another episode of Conduct Detrimental. Conduct Detrimental.